welcome back to the Pre-Game Effect podcast. My name is Matt. I'm here with Luke, Ian, and Dom. How's it going, fellas? Not good, too man. bad. Good. Yeah, what, how, how's your week been? Um, not bad. Um, kind of coming down with a little something, so if my voice is a little off, I apologize. Um, but yeah, not, nothing nothing too crazy. Got to play a little Pioneer yesterday, Enchantress before they add, you know, damn near 300 cards to Infin- my deck. So. Infinite Enchantresses. Um, so that was fun. We ended up 3-1 out of 15 people and got second, so that was it was a good time. Good nice. time. So. Awesome. Ian, anything from you? Uh, have not been playing Magic much, um, partially because the Theros Beyond Death cards are not available on Mana Traders. Hopefully, I'll be able to play tonight after we're done recording because I got a lot of brews I want to work on. Um, but other than that, I've mostly been nursing injuries because I'm old and decided to go tubing this weekend <laughs> <laughs> and then drinking all night. And I woke so up not f- So, you didn't feel the. Injuries that night. No, but Sunday morning. <laughs> oh my god, I could not get out of bed. Fair enough. Fair enough. Luke, uh, just did some pre-releases over the weekend. I did play the same tournament. Uh, Dom did the Pioneer tournament. Uh, did not do nearly as well. Went one two with uh, Phoenix. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Arena, playing Standard Arena with the new cards, and it's going pretty good. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I uh, the last time I played was Legacy. Um, I just played Grixis Control and ended up in third. I got three one, which was kind of cool. It was, it's the kind of deck that does all the things that I want to do. Um, play Snapcaster, Mage, and Coldhouse Command, and have a day at it, and that's that's about it. Um, but yeah, I did do uh, some of the pre-releases as well, um, and. Those were definitely interesting. It's it cool to play with the new cards. Um, you kind of mentioned, Luke, that you, you did some pre-releases. What were your guys, for those that did do the pre-releases, what were your thoughts? Um, I thought it was interesting. I I go into pre-release uh, with a very common or like a casual outlook because if I try and get too competitive at it, like I just end up getting upset in – Whatever. Um, I think pre-releases, you have to have that attitude. Yeah, but, I mean, it, there's definitely the, the groups that do that. Um, I try and be the person that, like, I could be. I can still be okay if I lose. You know, obviously, if I paid a lot more money for the deck, I'm going to be more mm-hmm. competitive for it. But, yeah, with the sealed, it's for me, it's pretty much just like, yeah, here's 25, 20 bucks, whatever. I'm gambling, and then we're going to see if I get to slam some cool cards. And usually get mana screwed and then just <laughs> destroyed by like a two one flyer that was cast on turn two. So that's fine. But that does all twenty damage. Yeah, really exactly. Ten turns goes the distance, hundred <laughs> percent. So sure, Luke. What about your experience as a whole? Uh, so I noticed in the first couple, it's it's real easy to splash. There's a ton of fixing in this set, and you don't even have to be playing green to do it. Um, what were some of the things that allowed you? To splash. So, I mean, I used Field of Ruin for fixing. It has the t- the amulet, Trevor's amulet, um, for fixing. And there's also the mana lift that, you know, with a minor upside that is never re- or rarely relevant. Um, I mean, I, I played a deck where I had all three of those in there. I was able to splash for the Hound because I was only playing black. 
and I was not playing white. And I played one planes and never was not able to cast it. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, I uh, I played a couple of events. Um, didn't do uh, so well in either of them. But the first one, uh, I played Friday before we went to play Legacy. And that was probably the best deck I had, but I only played one round and scooped my opponent after I beat him two games because I had to go to play Legacy. Um, <laughs> that Priorities. was fun. It was, it was just like a blue-black, uh, not really control, just kind of blue-black stuff mm-hmm. deck where the the things I was doing were either I was milling him out because I had a creature that allowed me to return an enchantment to my hand at my upkeep, and then when I, I had a creature that had constellation whenever an enchantment entered the battlefield, mill target player for two. Yeah. So I was able to do that with a bunch of one and two drop enchantments, which was kind of cool. Um, learned that Omen of the Sea is a pretty strong magic card because uh, I also had the Kraken, so I was able to draw two cards a turn because I was returning the Omen of the Sea and then playing it and then just drawing my card for turn. So my Kraken would get two counters each turn and get two one one whatever they are tentacles I think that makes. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it was. I mean, it was fun. Uh, that deck was primarily fun. If I would have been able to play all the rounds, it would have been sweet. But I really wanted to go play Legacy, so I was okay with it. Fair enough. <laughs> no one's upset at you. My best deck was Sunday. Uh, I built, I played a Golgari deck that every card in the deck except one was either an enchantment or said constellation on it. And the only one that didn't was that dude that can't be blocked by enchantments or enchantment cre- enchanted creatures. Sure. So... That thing's always getting seems through. reasonable. Yeah, three would with that deck. Like, I think that's a that's a strong card in a limited format like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. Um, just because there's so many auras that they're putting on their own creatures, or just enchantment creatures in general. Oh yeah, that like, you know, even if it's sixty percent of the time it can't be blocked, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah, I like that. Um, so with today's cast, what we kind of did was each of us. Um, created kind of our own version of a top cards list uh, for this set for Constructed. Um, Each of us kind of had our own take on it. Um, So we're going to just kind of quickly go around and uh, each person can kind of explain to you how they came up with their list, what criteria they used to to get their list put together. Um, And then we're just going to kind of talk about some cards and if they end up on lists, they end up on lists and we'll let you know kind of where they are and why we had them on those lists. So um, Luke, go ahead and just kind of give an explanation of how you put your list together. So my list is pretty much just cards I want to play with. The cards that I think are going to be either really good in decks I already play or would go into the kind of deck I want to try to put together. Okay. Ian? Uh, I, I kind of had a similar vein where it's just stuff I want to play with, stuff I want to brew with, um, cards that I think could go into decks I've played or cards that might make me buy a new deck because they look fun sweet that's always good spend more money right yeah it, it, my wallet doesn't agree with that but <laughs> sure <laughs> dom um so i had kind of two lists i think the the top one is i feel like the cards that m- the majority of people feel are gonna end up being something in some format um even if it's limited uh, and then my second list is the cards i like the cards i want to jam most so most of the stuff I like is still like my honorable mention kind of things. Um, so I, I, I tried to stay pretty true to it, but what about yourself, Matt? 
Um, so I also, like you, created two lists. Um, mine were just more um, cards that I think are viable that will do well in specific formats. So I, the first list I created was just basically a top 10 of uh, cards that I think will be good in standard. Um, and then the second list is a shorter list, uh, like a top five or so of cards that I think will be uh, viable in eternal formats. So that's Pioneer, Modern, Legacy. Uh, I get any vintage, I guess. And Pauper? Uh, uh, no, I don't think I have any Pauper cards on there because they're all probably either a rare or a mythic or an uncommon. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair though. Good question. Good the question. Are common. Yeah, almost are common. Those are and that those we will be make, talking about some of those. They didn't make oh, any indeed. of my lists uh, in the end state. Uh, they were there prior to <laughs> but yes. Um, but yeah, so um, first card I just want to throw out there um, is one that I think a lot of people have talked about and it's been a big one uh, in other podcasts I've listened to, and that is uh, Euro Titan of Nature's Wrath. Thoughts on this card? I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how... First off, they say they test these cards. I, I get that. Sure. There's a lot of work in them. I will give them all the credit. <clears throat> they test them in the standard formats, sure. So they tested this card with Hydroid Crasis... Nissa, um, Oko, and Once Upon a Time. And Gilded Goose. And Gilded Goose. This card is real good, and I mean, I know I just kind of vented about that, but also not upset that on Arena I own Hydroid Crisis, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gilded Geese, and uh, the other cards, but those were banned, so that's, so don't, that's don't care. I got those rare wild cards, so they're coming in handy. <laughs> yeah. it, almost, it almost makes me wonder if, like, there's some deck that we just haven't found yet that Wizards had found during testing. And it's like, yeah, this deck just destroys this blue-green deck with all these busted cards. This will be fine to print. We just haven't found it yet. Absolutely, I'm sure there are. Because when their role is to determine whether or not a card is viable in, in a standard format, they have to test so many things. And that's their sole job. That's mm -hmm. all they're doing at that point. Whereas for yeah. us... We're trying to find what the best thing is, not some side thing to be able to, like maybe break into a metagame so that you can take out the top deck. It's we're just trying to figure out what the top deck is so we can just go play that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're spending what, 40, 50 hours a week on it. We're mm -hmm. spending 10, maybe. I mean, there's there are people out there, though, that are of a, a different echelon and different group of magic oh, players definitely. that are probably oh, yeah. putting in 25 to 30 hours a week and mm -hmm. trying to find the deck to play. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, like you said, they're trying to find the best deck, whereas I think with the Wizards testing, they're trying to find all the decks. Right. Yeah. Agreed. So I definitely think Euro's a, uh, a hot commodity. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I've already run into it in Modern a couple, a couple matches. Yeah. Um, and very similar to in standard, I don't go turn one gilded goose, turn two euro. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just instead of following it up with a crisis, they followed it up with an uh, Urza. Like it's it's a very strong card to play on turn three, even stronger to play on turn two. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to playing it, and don't look forward to playing against it. Sure, yeah. reasonable, reasonable. Anybody else? Any other cards that pop to mind right off the bat? The new Phoenix, the Phoenix of Ash. Okay. 
I think is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and definitely in standard. I think it might, I don't know if it's good enough to get into modern, maybe pioneer, but if we're talking like standard cards, uh-huh. that card's ridiculous. Yeah, I have that on both of my lists um, for standard play as well as eternal play. Um, the thing that really comes to mind for me is playing that card with something like uh, Flame Rate Phoenix, right? Because yeah. if you play this this new Phoenix and then pump it once, you can pay an extra red to get back your other flyer also. Yeah, and seems that, okay, I guess. That's a very strong situation to be in. Um, especially, nice. especially flyers. I mean, two damage a turn doesn't seem like a lot when you look at it on, on its face, but... It's quite uh, quite annoying <laughs> when it just keeps coming back. When it gets bigger. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely, um, on each of my lists, I have Phoenix of Ash actually at three on each list. Both lists, I have it there. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's a very powerful card. Uh, I think we always seem to underestimate the Phoenixes, but the Phoenixes of recent have been a lot stronger, such as Arclight Phoenix, Rekindling Phoenix. Yeah. Those kind of things are just those phoenixes have been a lot better than the past phoenixes. Yeah. I think what it is is Flame Wake was like okay and then since then they've kind of skyrocketed mm-hmm. and before that they were pretty bad. Yeah, cuz gone are the days of Chandra's Phoenix going back to your hand. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're coming straight to the battlefield and already swinging. And that was kind of what I was going to bring this one into is it's kind of reminiscent of, you know, something small like that that's just recursive. Mm-hmm. Um Chandra's Phoenix is very it was a solid card when it was that in standard. Yeah, I've um, played it in many standard tournaments because I played that burn deck, and mm-hmm. it was just damage that would always come back. Right, and that's what I think a lot of people, when they when they see a burn deck, they think of just those burn spells all the time. But for the opponent, the stuff that's more pr- troublesome is the recurring damage each turn. Mm-hmm. That's why, yeah. like in modern burn, Goblin Guide is a heck of a card because it can sometimes give your opponent a little bit of advantage by getting a land or something. But that two damage every turn means that's uh, for every two turns that's one less burn spell you gotta cast mm-hmm. when it gets in. So it's it's real nice. And the goblin guy will often do six eight damage. Mm-hmm. And those then, are the scary games. Those are the yeah. games where that burn wins, absolutely. Because now they they need a ton less spells to come out of their hand. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah there's definitely been a lot of games where my opponent goes turn one lava spike and I'm like oh thank God I can win this game. Yeah, right, <laughs> absolutely. Ian, what about you? What's a, what's a card that you've been eyeing? Uh. Probably the most excited I am for a card is for Underworld Breach. Okay. Which one is that? Uh, it's one in a red. All non-land cards in your graveyard have escape. And then at the beginning of your end step, you sacrifice Underworld Breach. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen it resolve and get to the end step. Fair. Same. Because <laughs> I've, I've, seen, been... I've seen some gross things yeah. on the Twitter sphere. Magic-related. Yeah. um anybody who hasn't seen any of the twitch vods or any of the stories about this card in legacy um long story short if this resolves you're going to win the game usually because it has a heck of an interaction with lion's eye diamond and brain freeze Um, (laughs) lion's eye diamond is the quote-unquote fixed black lotus where you need to discard your hand in order to get the mana from it. I think there's some decks that would rather play Lion's Eye Diamond than Black Lotus. Yep. There's quite a few of them. Yes, there yes. are. And what's really interesting is when you activate Lion's Eye Diamond, 
you have to discard your hand, which then fuels the next lion's eye diamond. Weird. Yeah. Weird how that works together. (laughs) Yeah. And then conveniently, when your storm kill condition is brain freeze and it can mill target player, Uh it's a lot easier to fill your graveyard for every other escape. More LEDs and more brain freezes. Yeah. Um, There was a video that Dom had shared to our group where I watched a Storm player kill their opponent through three Force of Wills on the same turn. And I cannot wait for Mana Traders to have these cards so I can play this deck tonight. (laughs) (laughs) It was absolutely gross. I I think I literally shared that at like almost two in the morning, just scrolling through Twitter and seeing that like, ugh. Everyone needs to see this. Like, <laughs> copy link, share it, let's go. Like that's that's insane. I saw one where a guy did it a little bit differently, similar, but rather than using brain freeze, he just used uh, grape shot. He just mm-hmm. grape shotted his opponent four times with the same grape shot. Yeah. Yep, that'll do it. That got the job done. It tends to. Weird how that works out. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is this is also on my list. Um, I think it's on every. Yeah, <laughs> I think to some degree, yeah. I'd put it a little lower. I, it's at six for me, I know, but because I know it's definitely a legacy. Seeing some people try it out in, I think, Pioneer. They've been trying it with the Lotus um, Twiddle decks, or not the um, Lotus, Lotus Field. Blue, like field oh, field yeah. Deck. And I've, I've seen a few lists, and it looks very interesting. Yeah. You know, I think there's. They might need some tuning, but I feel like that's so many other decks when a new set drops, everyone's going to try stuff. But it, it looks scary. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's it scary. very interesting. It's yeah. definitely close, if nothing else. Yeah, well, I think, absolutely. I think it might go in, at least in the sideboard. You know, I'm, you know, I'm playing Monoritz on Arena. I think, I think it might go in the sideboard there for like the long, grindy games. Sure. When you're just in top deck mode. And you got ten lands out there because the game's been going for twenty turns and twenty cards in your graveyard. Yeah, and you just slam that and go, okay, what are my four best spells that I'm going to cast this turn? Right. Yeah. No, I think that that definitely has some in in the not uh, expansive formats of like modern and legacy, some more the standard and pioneer type formats. I feel like it could be a very strong sideboard card for the decks that are playing burn spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a combo card like it is. No, in those it's other just points. a value card at that it's, point. It's a value card to yeah, just kill your opponent once. Because you top deck that, mode. and you're like, oh, okay, well, this I'm going to lightning strike you, and lightning strike you, and lightning strike you, yeah. and now attack with prowess. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> I like think you're okay. probably dead. Yeah, it it's a thing for sure. Especially when you're attacking with the prowess creature that was in your graveyard at the start of the turn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, exactly, and that's that's what's crazy is it like. I equate it to a Yawgmoth's Will. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you that don't know what Yawgmoth's Will is, Yawgmoth's Will is two and a black. Uh, cards that are in your graveyard, you can cast them again, basically is what it says. Um, and then if anything were to go to your graveyard that turn, it gets exiled instead. Um, so essentially, does a lot of the similar things that this thing does, except this thing doesn't exile the cards after you cast them again. And in Vintage, you can play four of this card. Yes, yeah. which is real. <laughs> I can't even get into that. I get um, the feeling it's yeah. not for long. <laughs> no, I give it. I give it six months at most. Yeah. I saw uh, 
some people legacy people I follow on Twitter that we're talking about. I give it about six months in legacy before something's banned from this, either this or, or LED. something else. Yeah. Like I don't think they'll kill LED because it kills Storm <laughs> outright. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think that Underworld Breach will not be long for this world in any yeah. format where LED <laughs> is legal. Sure, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Um, Dom, how about you? Um, well, I mean, let's be honest here. There's a card that's on a lot of our lists, I feel like, and I've been talking about Enchantress forever. So, uh, the new Enchantress card, the, um, good lord, if I butcher this, Satessan Champion? Yeah, that's that's the one. Cool. We'll call that close enough, at the very least. Um, Chalk it up. So, we can talk about it, you know, two and a green, it is a 1-3, means Constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, you can put a, you put a 1-1 one, one counter on it, and you draw a card. So I've been trying to jam Enchantress for a while in this Pioneer. I've, been, I've played it in Modern. Um, as of yesterday, I have about half of it in Legacy now. Um, I like playing Enchantments, and this is 100% gonna go and at least try in just about every format I just named. <laughs> um, I think this is very powerful. I think the fact that I don't know, I don't have an ac- actual number of enchantments in this set, but I think even if you're not based around enchantments, you're gonna be playing some because some of them are too powerful to oh, yeah. up. That even just having these there is gonna be, you know, good in like a mid range deck too. Absolutely, so you can have mm-hmm. these mid range oh, decks yeah. running. You know, some Myers grass for removal. Oh, well, that enters. Oh, cool. Well, he gets it bigger, and you draw a card. So it replaces itself. Sure. Yeah. And then if you have an effect that you can draw, bring it back, well, then you do it again. Right. So mm-hmm. I think even if you're not built around this, I still think it's going to be good if he's in a mid-range shell for sure. Yeah. It, it reminds oh, me definitely. a lot of both Wild Growth Walker and the Explore deck, mm-hmm. where it's just I'm playing all these incidental Explore creatures, I might as well play this card. Yeah. But it also feels a lot like Tireless Tracker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you are getting advantage, you're getting yeah. card advantage and more power on board just for playing magic. Mm-hmm. And that's a very strong thing to be able to do for free. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a card I want to talk about later too, I think, compared with this well. Let's talk about it now. Um, I still want to talk about the champion. <laughs> oh my fault, my fault, my fault. <laughs> um, with like Nightmare Shepherd. Like you yeah. said, you have so many enchantment creatures that Oh, those things die. Okay, well, with Shepard, you could just make another token. Well, so you already cast this enchantment creature. It enters, it does its thing. Champion gets a county draw card. Cool. Uh, they swing in with a big guy. You chump block. Sweet. Nightmare Shepard triggers. You get it again. It has to enter the battlefield effect. It does that. And also, your champion gets bigger and you draw another card. Right. And you can block again. So I, I think, like, like, just that. You know, if, if there's mm-hmm. these enter the battlefield effects, something like that can well, be real big. The, this, that this champion, I feel like, could get gigantic. And if you're trying to deal with it with damage based, you yep. cast one spell and it's at four. Yeah, it's very small. That's window. where it's like. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Like a red deck has a very short window mm-hmm. that they get to deal with. I had two of those in my sealed pool on Sunday. Yeah. And I mean, I know sealed, constructed, whatever. It's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just... And that's the thing that I've always found, is when you find a card in, in sealed or limited in any sort, and it just seems like it's just overpowered in that format, I always yeah. think that it, there's... You have to take it into consideration in the constructed format. Then. For like sure. If I, any, any game I resolve that card, 
I felt that there was no way I was losing that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if, like you were saying, you build your deck around it where you're you're playing Enchantress, yeah. where you're just playing enchantments. I mean, so. you said it was good and limited. Yeah, like yeah. you just said. Imagine if you build the deck around. <laughs> I yeah, played a casting deck. Casting this, and then here's a bunch of enchantments. Cool. I did play Arena. This just made me think of it. I played against a deck that was playing this thing that you just mentioned. Um, the, what is it? Night- Nightmare Nightmare Shepherd? Yeah, Nightmare Shepherd. In a mono black devotion deck. Oh yeah. With um oh, yeah. with uh, a card that I want to talk about too, kind of goes in a similar vein with that Woe Strider, mm-hmm. and um, Gray Merchant. Mm-hmm. And so he would oh. just he just played uh, Gray Merchant, and then sacked it to the Woe Strider to scry, and then the next turn just cast it in and killed me. It's like oh yeah. Especially since the That's Gray reason. Merchant token still is devotion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woe Strider is good. Aria is also the best. Yeah. So you have Aria. Oh, I played that too. It, that was out of Aria. He aided me, let's be, be honest. <laughs> sack it, draw a card. Yeah. <laughs> make a, a token and just win. Yep. Like, yep. It should. It's fair. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's okay. Uh, what, Grey Merchant is two pips, right? Yep. yep. Two yeah. pips. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Just like that. With just those cards. Yeah. Just those cards. Those oh, three yeah. cards, you, yeah. if you do that whole movement there, it's you gain drain 14. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Nightmare Shepherd just happens to be a four mana four four flyer. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and then the thing that is, card be good it, as a it's one, also one just flyer. a beatdown. Yeah. It's also a beatdown deck that I played against because their turn one was just Night of the Ebon Legion. So it's like, yeah. yeah so here's a one one mm-hmm. that's just good, anyways. Oh, and now here's this, and here's this, and here's oh, and you're dead. Okay, yep. cool. Mm-hmm. Good game. It's a hell of a curve. It is real. It's yeah, real like bad. Just the straight up turn five kill. Yeah. yeah. I like that. It's is very very strong. Um, but yeah. I, I definitely think, uh, kind of going back to your original card there, Dom, I think uh, Satessan Champion does have some uh, ability to be played in multiple formats, to be honest, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I, I think it's, unfortunately, <coughs> Magic has kind of gone to the point where, more recently, where if the creature enters, it better do something because the removal is so good. Um, but I think if this resolves and you want tap with it, that could be a very dangerous thing for a person looking at it, staring mm-hmm. it down, you know. Um, even you mentioned arenas. I played against some almost Bogles enchantment like decks, and they're going off with this. And it's thinking about just Pioneer with um, this and the white, not Baral, uh, Saram. Saram, yeah. So they yeah. talk about that. Those two <laughs> oh. cards together just going off and. <laughs> You play one, I didn't think, think it of attaches that. to it, and you're drawing two. I'm going to be sick. So yeah, play, play, play the white cartouche on it. Get one one, get a token, draw two cards. Yeah. Seems pretty strong. Why yeah. is that good? Because so, uh, you got a one one, plus one, plus one, <laughs> and drew two cards. Oh, yeah. oh right. Yeah. That's what so it is. I mean, now granted, like, magical kind of Christmas land, but Saram's your turn two. This is your turn three. Turn four, you go off. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. Like, well, even if you, like, like what people would do a lot with Tireless Tracker, going back to that, you know, don't play it on turn three. Uh, yeah. Play it on turn four and play a one-man enchantment. Mm-hmm. That way, at least you get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other option is you play it in Pioneer with, and you don't you don't go as heavy on the enchantment, enchantress-style deck, like, you, like prison-style deck, and you go just more kind of like a Bogles deck, and you play either a Goose or you play... A mana dork turn one, mm-hmm. so that turn two, you can either play it or you play Sram, 
with like something to back it up, like a God's willing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that the next turn you can just start jamming. Yeah. Almost like a heroic deck. Almost. Yeah. That would be real, real strong. Because, yeah. I mean, you get to, you can play Dromoka's Command. You can play all those things in that deck. And that would be really, really interesting in Pioneer for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I'm very high on this card. I have it as my number three with with some bias. But, hey. You know, only, only a little bias. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that now. Yeah, no, it was it was uh, for for standard. Um, I had it on my my original list of a bunch of cards that I tried to narrow down as best I could. Um, but yeah, it just kind of. I just think it's a strong card in general. Um, a, a permanent that allows you to just play your game and draw cards is very very mm-hmm. very nice. For sure, for sure. Um, for me, uh, one of the cards that I. I think. Probably more for standard, but I could see it being for other um, formats. Was Erebos Bleak Hearted? Um, primarily Pioneer. It's probably a little too slow for um, any kind of modern or legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biggest thing on it for me was whenever another creature you control dies, you may pay two life if you do draw a card. So creatures die. It happens. You you said it, Dom. Right? Removal's gotten better. So it's gonna happen. Yeah. So just the ability to pay two life and draw a card without having to pay any mana is really, really, really strong to me. Like I mean, I when back when, um, whatever the enchantment was in the cycle with Search for Escanta, the black enchantment. Uh, Argos Bloodfast. That one. Yes. When that was <sighs> in standard, I played like two or three of those, and I was paying mana and two life to draw a card. This, I just, something just has to die. Done. I will do that all day long. Mm-hmm. I just think that's really, really strong. Plus, it can essentially be a removal spell in itself against aggro decks. And I'm definitely considering investing into foils of this card because this screams commander. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. 100%, yeah. Because like, turns out when you start at 40 life, you'll pay a lot more twos. <laughs> you yeah. can't, well, you can just logically pay a lot more yeah. twos. Yeah, there's more twos to be paid. That's how math works. Yeah. I think so. Go figure. <laughs> Weird. But yeah, no, that that's just one that I kind of, along the lines of when you started mentioning uh, the Shepherd, and I mentioned Woe Strider, I kind of imagine like a sacrifice type deck. Um, we already have... Yeah, I'm in. 100%. Well, yeah. we already have the, the John Food deck. Yeah. In standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, let's just make it a little bit better and draw more cards. Okay. Oh God, this with cat is just yeah. Dumb. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I didn't even think about that. Right. Yes, it is. So I've had to let play me against activate it. my oven, get a food, sack my cat, pay two life, draw a card. Then you sack your food, pay one for your trail of crumbs to draw one of the top two cards and get your cat back. So every single time you go through this loop, you are down one life, and so is your opponent. Right. And, and you're, you're up, up a two, card or two cards or two cards. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so like that that was my thinking on it. Um and I just think that it could be really strong. Like I know a lot of people are already trying to play other cards that are in this set that we'll probably get to um in that Jun Food deck, but I feel like this is one that they may not have really thought about yet. I've seen a l- I saw a little bit of it okay. in the last couple of days. Not not a, not a ton, just like one or two, and not always in that Jun Food deck. Like it's right. been played in like a mono black Sure. I just think in the junk food deck, it could be real, real dirty. Well, Abzan. Okay. Let's let's go down this 
rabbit hole. Let's do it. I like rabbit holes. You play a Johnny's Welcome as well as an enchantment, which is good in this set. Yes. So that whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. So you don't lose that life anymore. Perfect. <laughs> so you're equal and up two cards. Why is and that? And your opponent's down one. <laughs> so this sounds like a grindy engine that I don't want to play standard now. <laughs> or you do. Or I do. It depends on which side I'm sitting on. Well, the, the, where I saw this too in, the, in that mono black deck, this plus Nightmare Shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No. I'll sack my ETV guy. <laughs> <laughs> I get it back, and you I'll draw a card. You get two cats every single turn. Yeah. And then, oh, wow, this is going to get grindy. Yeah, that <laughs> happened to me. I, I'm <laughs> sorry Arena. for your loss. It was not fun. Um, I mean, it was fun to watch, but I didn't really do much. Um, but they, your opponent did, so they, they were, were doing fun. all the things. It kind of goes back to the, there was the whole uh, concept <laughs> that I talked about a couple podcasts ago where we talked about Doing more game actions can be a lot more fun. Yeah. They did all the game actions. I didn't get to do any. So, yeah, was, yeah. So, not as fun for me. They had a blast, I'm sure. And they won. Yeah, yeah. weird. There, there's a finite amount of fun to be had in any game of Magic. Yeah. I want all of it. Yeah, it's Sorry. true. It's <laughs> totally reasonable. <laughs> true. Understandable. I had a game like that yesterday uh, against my mono green opponent. Um, we're in game three, and it's mono green, like Stompy. And he's kind of getting there. You know, I saw a bunch of enchantment removal in game two. All right, I'm kind of stumbling. And I start, you know, I play my first sphere of safety, and it's five for him to attack. Okay. He swings with one guy. That's fine. Chump block, sure. And then it gets to that point where I found the second one. And now we're at a high enough number where I feel safe where I can start playing some other things. You were in your sphere of safety. Absolutely. Sure. Um, It ended up being... I think it was 22 was what he had to pay for one guy to attack. I'm pretty um, sure that's how many lands he has in his deck. It, it yeah. could have been because he didn't have that many out. No. I saw that part. Um, but then I, that gave me the time to get my sigils up and I had my angels to where when he found his enchant removal to get rid of the spheres, he had one mana up and then attacked and I just blocked with all my angels, made a bunch more than one. So that was fun. So <laughs> but I, he thought he was having the fun, and then the arrow started going more and more and more. The advantage bar yeah. switched. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, since we've talked about it the past two or three cards, yeah, should we just mention or just talk about more of this Nightmare Shepherd? Sure, probably. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I love this card. This is pro. It's it's one of my favorites. I can't wait to play it. Um, I was waiting to buy it. Waiting to pre-order. I don't pre-order things. I just, I don't. I'm kind of see, I wait. I saw a list. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and there's four of them on the way. And I, I exited out, copied, sent it to Ian. I fell in love. And then brought up TCG Player and ordered my playset. <laughs> um, this list, it's from Hooglin was playing it. And it is a Sultai Vanifar deck in standard. Also lost to that one. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> this is amazing. It has the Grey Merchant that we talked about, yep. that combo going. And Woe Strider as well, mm-hmm. that Matt had mentioned, which I also love that card. Um, yeah, this thing was insane. I watched a few matches of it, and I was literally just mentioning to some people that I started wanted to build Kiki Cord again. 
And I didn't know if it was just really bad or if no one was playing it, and that's why it wasn't showing up anywhere. <laughs> but damn it, I'm probably going to build it and play it, and we'll see what happens. Um, in a deck like this, it is very powerful. I, I, I think it's going to be just a very powerful card in general. I agree. Every time I saw it around me in the pre-release, the opponent had to answer it immediately, or they probably just died mm-hmm. a few times. Sure. Um, yeah, I think this is very strong. Um, I am all for it. And what, like you said, with the uh, the free sack outlets, there we've talked about the two mm-hmm. with, uh, yeah, two with Erebos and Wastrider. Uh, Erebos isn't a sack outlet. No. Yes. It, no, right, you, it drives you the car. Yes. Yes. Well, then, but still with like witches. Yeah. Them yeah. Too. Right. There's yeah, so yeah. many of these sack outlets that I think this is going to be some crazy shenanigans are going to go down. I agree. And I. And it gets, um, yeah, it gets around the hound that everyone was talking about. Right, because it's not, it's not a creature. It's not, not coming back. You no, exile you exile it, it yeah. and you get a token. Yeah, it's pseudo undying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so I, 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 just, I really like this card, and like Ian mentioned, it's a four-four flyer for four. For four, yeah. which is really strong. Sure, uh, I mean, in any in any it's, it's format. Devotional's too black. Just saying. Yeah. Not irrelevant. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. PSA. <laughs> this is my TED talk. Thanks. <laughs> no, I agree. I think that the combination of a lot of the black cards that we've just mentioned, the Erebos, Woe Strider, which we haven't really discussed too much, but I mean, it, it's one of the cards on my list um, for standard specifically. Um, it's. The, the combination of those three cards, the Shepherd, Erebos, and Woe Strider, I think are just strong because yeah. right there it's an engine. Like, so long as you have just other dudes out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? Which, I, I which in your black creature deck, you're probably, probably going to have dudes yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of them will probably come back. The funny thing that I was thinking about too was Witch's Oven with things like um, Erebos, Woe Strider, and the. Uh, Shepherd, as well as the the derpy creatures that you don't care about that you can sack anyways, like Burglar Rat, mm-hmm. to make your opponent discard a card, uh, and so then well, and then sacrifice it oh, yeah. and then bring it back to make them discard another card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like this. Also, Pack Rat is real fun with this. I yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems okay. Seems fine. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the Pack Rat text box. Beats the make it a one one, uh-huh. yeah. I don't think so. I think so. Because the Calphy, the uh, the blue based on devotion, your power hap- like is a thing. That when it comes up on arena, at least it had that like grayed out. So, okay. Because it's it's talking about its power and toughness. It's that's what it's an adjustable power or toughness. Gotcha. This is making it something. Okay, that's fair. But yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, but it's still creating rats. So the pack rats or the copies of the pack rats that you have out, like, you know what I mean? If you're just making a rat-based deck, mm-hmm. yeah, it gets real, real That's crazy. Real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. real crazy. And how? And right? I know, I know, we got at least one guy at our local who will enjoy a rat-based. I deck. did. Oh, I just talked to him. I just talked to him yesterday, and he was like, he asked me because you've been playing any pioneer, and I was like, not really. Trying to figure out what I want to play, and he's like, yeah. I decided to put the rats away for a little while. I said, well, they were probably tired. They need a little bit of a break. He goes, yeah, me too. I was like, fair enough, fair enough, Chris. I go, you got it, buddy. Um, 
but yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. Uh, that's definitely a, definitely a a concept that he may may mm-hmm. enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so another card. Well, I'm gonna cheat on this one. One of the things that I had on my list was the uh, the cycle that we have in this new set of the interventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one for each color, one for each of the gods. Um, and I personally, I think that. Uh, of the five, I think that there's two that I see to be not just standard playable, but also eternal playable. Um, and those two that I, that come to mind for me are uh, Thassa's Intervention and Erebos' Intervention. Um, Thassa's Intervention is X blue blue. Look at the top X cards of your library. Put two in your hand, I believe is what it is. Or is it Scry X? I'll pull, then, up yeah, pull up the exact. Text. I know the second um, part of it is counter target spell. Look at the almost. top X cards of your library. Put up to two of them into your hand and the rest in the bottom of your library in any in a random order. Okay. And the other one is counter target spell unless it's controller pays X twice. Right. Um, so I think that that's really strong because at a certain point, X twice is it's just a counter spell. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, especially early in the game, um, if people are trying to curve out, and even sometimes if X is one, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's just a counter spell. Yeah. Um, so. Because there's a lot of times, like, syncopate would fall off. Right. Because you only have so much mana. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when you only have to pay half of what your opponent has to pay. Right. It's a big difference. And then staple, the it onto, staple it onto a draw spell. baby dig through time? Yeah. I'm playing four of this in Pioneer. Oh, yeah. Oh. This I mean, but it could nice. also just be dig through time, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It could be like, better. Yeah. It could <laughs> literally be better. retail for, but still. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I paid retail for more Delve spells than I'd like to admit. Yes. <laughs> Grandma Gangler is one of those for me. Um, but yeah, so I think that that's a really strong one, um, being that it's instant speed also, obviously because it's part of it's a counter spell, um, is really, really meaningful and impactful. Uh, the other one that I think, like I said, is Erebos's intervention. Uh, it's black and X, and that one is target creature will get minus X, minus X, and you gain X life or exile up to twice X target cards from graveyard. So it could be your graveyard, could be their graveyard, however you want to do it, but it's just from graveyards in general. Um, I think that also being an instant is really important, plus it's a way for black to kill something and gain life, uh, which doesn't always happen, because I know for me, in um, modern, whenever I play Grixis Control, one of the things that's rough on the Grixis mana base for whatever reason is your life total. Um, because a lot of a lot of things are double this and double that, so you're having to fetch shock a lot of times in order to make your mana work. And so even gaining three life here or there is a huge, huge boon to that card. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the thing that's interesting with it is it doesn't. It's not just like kill a creature, gain life equal to its toughness. You could give a monastery swift spear minus six minus six and gain six life, uh-huh. um, which is yeah. which is a thing. You can just instant, mm-hmm. end of your turn this. Gain six, my turn. Now mm-hmm. it, it's almost like the game started over at that point because yeah. that's two turns for a red deck sometimes. And you, you basically I mean? just three for one of them. Right. So um, I think that's really strong. Because I, I 100% agree. Because um, Battle of the Bridge was really good yeah. in standard and mm-hmm. even in modern too. Um, I felt like it was solid in particular decks, you know, with these artifact based decks just because I had improvised. That being a sorcery, this being an instant, I think is. And oh, it's it's not relevant in this matchup. That one part. Well, let's go to the next one. Maybe that is right. It's with mobile. All, yes, exactly. Yeah. With, with all these escape cards and stuff, there's going to be people trying out a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So having something that could be good in two different situations, 
is great. Yeah, so. this, this is definitely a main deckable black card. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, because you can sit there, even that, that second part can just be, oh, your Titan is on its way to the graveyard. Let's keep it there. <laughs> Let me go ahead and exile everything, or just exile it. Right. Yeah. yeah. One or the other it doesn't matter. I like if they have the mana open, they can just do it immediately before you get priority to mm-hmm. exile it. But if they don't, so right. so if so, they do have the mana open to cast it right away, you just go okay, cool. I'll exile the rest of your graveyard, right? And you don't get to cast it. Yeah, for a and, while. It, and it, mm-hmm. sometimes it's not even necessary to exile the whole graveyard. Sometimes you just need that one turn. Yeah. To get through it, so then you can just. Exile two cards so that they just can't cast it. Yeah. And then you just exile the Titan your next turn because you're right. playing multiples of these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's just a – I think it's strong. I think it's a very, very strong card. Um, I don't know specifically if it's good enough for Modern, but I think it's a strong card, and it's it's worth consideration at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think in, in, the, in Pioneer and in um, – Standard, I think it's a four of. I think you could play it as a four of if you wanted to. Easily. Because mm-hmm. um, it, it scales, and that's always good. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else on the intervention cycles? So I know you don't like it, but I think the, I like the red one. Okay. Talk um, about it. So Perforosis Intervention, X and a red. Now, this one is a sorcery, so it is a downfall for it, obviously. But you get an X1 red elemental creature. Token with trample and haste, sacrifice at the beginning of the next end step, or it'll deal twice X damage to target creature or planeswalker. So I know a lot of people who are excited about that first half, but then, you know, it's, you know, as people have said, it's very easy to interact with and kill. I actually really like the second half because there's a lot of times where, oh, your 4 4 now stonewalls all my creatures. Or, you know, well, now that we have, uh, uh, or the 4. Damage, uh, burn spell, can mm-hmm. kill stuff. But even like a 5-5 five five or a 6-6 six six with all these titans that are going to be around. You know, or the cap, like I got stonewalled by a cavalier earlier today. Sure. Can't get past it. This is a way to get it out of the way without having to call, waste two spells on it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I remember, you know, we used to always have to play like roast or fry or, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. If they, if their dude lands at that, that that's in there for, great. But if it doesn't, now you just have an empty piece of cardboard in your hand. Right. You know, this, at least, you know, okay, I'm, I'm sitting here holding on to this card, ready to kill your Titan to get it out of the way. Oh, wait, I just need four more damage. And, and you're I tapped en- out. I have enough mana, you're tapped out. Boom, you're dead. Mm-hmm. It has right. other utility. Yeah. So I think I think it's mostly going to be a, a sideboard card, like a role player, but I think it's going to be a very important one. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. that. Yeah. In the standard sideboard card with upside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably a, a strong sideboard card. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's sure. one of the few times you might act. I know other people do this. I don't like putting four ofs in the sideboard. Because I think if you're putting four in your sideboard, unless it's a very specific reason. Niche card. Niche card. Then it probably should be in your main deck. This might actually be like a, a four of in the sideboard. Maybe in the maybe one or two in the main, and then the rest in the sideboard. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could see something like that. Like, even yeah. if it was like one in the main... And then you have another two or something like that in the sideboard. I could see something along yeah. those lines if we find that it's more necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. So I've gone with a couple. What are, What does everybody else got? What are some cards? Uh, I like the Nadir Kraken. Okay. So that one's the one blue blue for a two three. Uh, whenever you draw a card, you can pay one 
of any color. Yes. Um, and then you put a plus one, plus one counter on it, and you get a one, one tentacle creature token. Yes. Um, I That was the card that I used in the pre-release that would just demolish my opponent because it would clog up the board state to a point where they could not do anything attacking me wise and I could just stall the game out until I could mill them. <laughs> yeah. Or or you can just start beating them down with your 7-8. Right, yeah. That they can't interact with. Because so the, the thing I like about it is usually with these kind of grow strategies, you have to go either tall or wide. Sure. You know, you have Mana Gorge or Hydra that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. Or you have Young Pyro that just keeps getting wider and wider and wider. This one does both. Yeah. It does. Yeah, Young Pyromancer and Mana Gorger Hydra had a baby and it turned blue. And it's a Kraken. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's red and green. but Just don't worry about it. Okay. A wizard did it. Fair. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. The wizard <laughs> did do it. Yeah. No, I think that this card is strong. Um, I, I think that it could basically be in a, a shell that's similar to like a uh, Phoenix deck um, where which is kind of funny because it, it's kind of reminds me of before when the Phoenix decks in modern started playing young pyromancer in the sideboard um, bringing this in post board when they're expecting to really hit your graveyard yeah. or do that. And you're like, yeah, I, my, I don't have Phoenixes in my deck anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, we're not doing that. We're, we're on this plan now. <laughs> right. Um, I think that could be really, really, really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, because I think that it's, it is, I think it, in a, in a vacuum, it does a lot of things yeah. all at once um, for just a mana. Well, and, and I think too the advantage it gets over uh, like Pyromancer or Hydra. You're going to draw a card every turn, and it's you know, zero mana. Yeah, if yes. you're if you're you're <laughs> hellbent if you if you're hellbent and you tap a uh, or you, and you you know draw for your turn and it's a Pyromancer, play a Pyromancer. Now next turn you draw a land. Yep. Great, you have a two one. Mm -hmm. This, at the very least, you're drawing a card that's getting bigger. You're getting another one. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's a big, big boon to this card, um, especially in standard. Like I could see this being a sideboard card in a control deck. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Where like you're you're playing a game where they basically have all this removal that doesn't do anything, so they side some of that out. You bring this in, and now you just have this board set of a bunch of one ones and a two three that's gotten bigger, and you're just like, yep. This is what we're doing now because I already have all the draw spells in my deck. So I'm yeah. just going to pay one more for each of those and make a dude and put a counter on this thing. Yeah, and I, I think that that's really strong. I can almost guarantee that if there is any semblance of a control deck in this format, this card is going to be the mirror breaker. Yes. It has a very monastery mentor style effect on it. It's like, I'm going to get more value just for playing my spells. And I don't think you kept in all of your wraths <laughs> right. because. They're awful if I don't have this in play. Right. Let's fight. Right. Well, I agree. It's not only good against control, it's going to be good against aggro. Mm -hmm. just because now you're just blockers. making chump blockers forever. Because mm -hmm. like the red aggro decks right now don't have a lot of trample mm -hmm. or evasion. you got the Phoenix for evasion. Right. That's basically it. Yep. You know, so you're chump blocking. You're trading with half the stuff. So I think it, it's great in pretty much any situation. Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, this might be a one of in the main in the control deck. I can see it. Like, that could be your win condition. Your one of win condition in, in, in a control deck. Yeah, for sure. Ian, any other cards from you? Um, one of the ones I want to play with probably the most is Ox of Agonis. Um, 
I know Dom wants to play this card too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Probably to do what my opponent did to me last night on Magic Online. That's right. Uh, turn one, fetch, Shriekhorn. Mm-hmm. Mill myself twice. Uh, Dredge Stinkweed Imp. Ox. I'm glad I had a counterspell because otherwise I was very dead. Sure. <laughs> and then I still died anyway because I was playing Grixis and they were playing Dredge. So. <laughs> you need, but I would have died. You needed the intervention. I probably. <laughs> un, but uh, yeah, the, it basically took their turn four deck and would have made it a turn three deck. Sure. It, without a counterspell. Without a counterspell. It would have just destroyed me. And I don't think there's a lot of good uh, control decks right now in modern. Um, I, as much as I wish there were, I don't think there are. You want to be proactive a lot of times. No, I agree. And um, I think that this is a – if I had to guess, this is the top of my list for Eternal Formats, mm-hmm. this card right here. This is um, my number one. Yeah. Um, my number two. <laughs> so we'll, we'll chalk that up as we all think this card is very, very strong. Um, for good reason. Yeah, yeah, it's it's big, and it is cheap to play out of your graveyard. Um, and like I said, cards go to the graveyard for multitude of reasons. Either you're milling yourself, or a you discard something, or you have to draw and discard, or whatever it may be. Um, and all of those things help to allow this to happen earlier than it should in a game. We don't even have to work that hard for it, because... There's all the stuff you said, and then there's also you cast spells and creatures die. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm just happy that this card triggers prized amalgams. It does. It does. Yes, it does. So now we almost actually have dredge now, that, or a form of dredge that you can play in Pioneer that's actually worth some salt. Well, the dredgeless dredge were solid. No, yeah. I, I agree. This just those makes it scary. This yeah. just makes it even more so <laughs> into a well, formidable force. Well, those playing red. Right. So now if they have they to are now. playing red. Like yeah, <laughs> then, like you try and figure it out. <clears throat> you can play mana confluence, mm-hmm. but like mana confluence, ether hub, mm-hmm. just like random. I mean you don't get the fetches, which makes it harder to play that many colors. Sure. And you don't have actual dredge spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> there was for, someone, for a good reason. Someone on Twitter was um it may have been turn one thoughtsies was talking about like in a few months, dredge players will be um, upset but still happy that they they can only dredge three because Stinkweed Imp and Golgari Thug will be banned because <laughs> of this card. <laughs> and I got a pretty good chuckle out of that. And That's fair. We'll see. I mean, everybody only wants to ever dredge three anyway because Loam is busted. So yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Loam is pretty good. Loam's a heck of a magic card. Um, so, yeah, uh, I agree. I think that Ox is... Probably, if you're looking at the Eternal formats, I feel like it's probably the best card. Probably. Um, at least it has the highest uh, potential, I think, in the Eternal formats. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not crazy expensive yet, too. So, and I mean, it is only a rare. Sixes. Yeah, it's under $10. Uh, it's a that's mythic. Fine. Is it a mythic? Yeah. yeah. Even better. If, if y'all can find them for what they are right now, pick them up. I would. Yeah, I think I'd not that this is really a finance podcast but <laughs> well we talked about buying foils and sure so we're like a half i think i pre-ordered mine at seven yeah yeah i'm perfectly happy with yeah i don't remember i picked mine up off somebody that was selling them so i just got my place i just i don't play that type of deck but i think the card's real good mm-hmm. 
If it's, and if it's as good as we think it's going to be, you might play that kind of deck. I could play that kind of deck. I mean, I could see myself playing something like this or probably another card that we're going to be talking about at some point here uh, in like a Pyromancer deck. Well, you made the allusion to it. Go ahead and talk about it. Uh, so the, the other card that kind of fits in that same vein uh, that I think is a very strong card in multiple formats would be Kroxa, Titan of Death's Hunger. Um, it's one in a black. For I believe it's six six. Uh, red black, red not black. one in a black. Oh, sorry, red, red, black, red and a yeah. black. One red is what I meant. Uh, red and a black for a six six uh, elder giant that when it enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. Uh, also has the enter, enter the battlefield trigger. Uh, another one. It says whenever Kroxa enters the battlefield or attacks, each opponent discards a card. Then each opponent who didn't discard a non-land card this way loses three life. Uh, it also has escape, as it indicated previously, uh, for black, black, red, red, and XL five other cards from your graveyard. Um, I think that this card is incredibly strong as well, especially with numerous ways of uh, either recurring it or copying it to get the effect. Um, one thing I want to try to do is just basically build a deck around it with unearth. Um, even though you don't get to keep it every time. Oh, yeah. Like, just the effect is kind of nice. Like, yeah. one mana will make you discard and maybe take three. Okay. I've played Raven's Crime in Modern with, before. With Pyromancer yeah. out, you're able to go, like, unearth, trigger Pyromancer, bring this in, enters, you discard a card, maybe take three. Okay, and I got a dude for it? That seems pretty strong. Mm -hmm. um, I think that this kind of card... I think this and Euro are very interesting... Uh, styles of cards um, I think they're very cool I think that I think a lot of people are gonna try them um, because ultimately the playing it on turn two is fine turn three you could probably have a play turn four you potentially could bring it back depending on what you what else you've been oh, yeah. doing in some of the older formats like if you're mm -hmm. in modern you fetch lands getting five cards in your graveyard is kind of an afterthought yeah mm -hmm. um, two fetch lands a thought to use on earth and a lightning bolt Right. Yeah, it's it's really really quite uh, quite simple to do. The the pioneer and standard formats might be more difficult, but I still think having a six six is very strong. Dom, you had mentioned the idea of playing the Titans um, with Lazav the Multifarious, mm -hmm. which I really like, especially with this one because it only costs two. So yeah. Lazav's ability literally just two of any color. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. It's almost like a reanimator strategy. Um, and there still are uh, cards in standard that are reanimate effects. Mm -hmm. um, I believe there's a new one. Canive Concoct is one. Uh, Blood to Bones is one. Um, there's a couple of them that just bring a creature back. Rise to Glory is also. They just they're bringing in this what one. Color, what colors is that? It is three, then a white and a black. Okay. For, so yeah. choose one or both. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Return target or a card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah, so that there's a multitude of ways to bring mm. cards like this back, um, whether or not they stay fine. Um, but the fact is that there there's the option. I think the, probably the one that I like the most, honestly, is Blood to Bones, because you can sacrifice a creature, get this one to come back into play, get the other creature to your hand. This has its effect, goes back to the graveyard. And then you can play the other card. Um, it there's a, there, it's just again a lot of moving parts to it, but it's literally one or two cards that are involved, so it's not mm -hmm. like an eight card combo. Yeah, 
I do enjoy those though. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but we yeah, have a, we have a buddy who is trying to play Mardu in Pioneer, and he is waiting for this card, waiting for Friday to start playing this card. I believe he said he's already trying to play it online a bit too, and it was it was working out. Yeah, I think just like a two or three, but it was like a Pyromancer kind of a build with it. But I mean, it sounds cool. Yeah, I, I think this card is really good. Um, yeah, I and honestly, I guess too, like with Nightmare Shepherd, it could be interesting. Yes, <laughs> I'll take a one-one that attacks and triggers something like that. Yeah, like that. And you just do it. It just happens. Well, and I, even with like, um, I know some people are slightly down on this one compared to other ones. I don't know how, but hey, whatever. Um, talking about like they, they get to choose what they discard. But I said, you if you have them have no cards in hand, mm-hmm. that that still works. Yeah. yeah. So they just That's start taking damage. That way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they it's got- like. You you make it so that it's that way, right. and then and then here it goes. Here's yeah, this thing. They got to choose what they discard. Liliana of the Veil too. Mm-hmm. You still plus that every turn. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so we've talked about both Titans. We've talked about quite a bit of other things in multitude of formats. Um, is there anything that you guys think would be more general, just kind of a good card as a whole? Well, I, I think this is said all about gods. We've talked about one of them. Mm-hmm. And that one doesn't have an infinite combo in several formats. Okay. So I think we have to kind of talk about Heliod a little bit. All right, right, hit it. I feel like everyone else is talking about it, though. Um, <clears throat> I was fortunate enough in my one pre-release to get a foil constellation one of these in the same pack as a Kroxos. So that was... It was a very good pack. It was a good pack. Yes, I was happy. Um, I, I imagine you would have <clears throat> yeah. paid for your I've already moved the Heliod, and my wallet be getting fatter. <laughs> <clears throat> um, anyway, Heliod, Sun Crown, two and a white. It is a legendary enchantment creature, also god. 5-5, five, five, indestructible. As long as your devotion to white is less than five, it is not a creature. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whenever you gain life, you put a 1-1 one, one counter on target creature... Or enchantment you control. One in a white, another target creature gains lifelink until end of turn. <clears throat> so when this was spoiled, obviously, everyone went straight to this with walking ballista. Ballista has two counters on it. You, you just win if it has lifelink. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, as long as nothing, well, even if it's interrupted or like they try to, yeah, for, it's just hard every, to do. For every removal spell, you just need another <clears throat> counter on your ballista. Yeah. Um, I was also talking about, we kind of mentioned one or two episodes ago, with Spike Feeder. Mm-hmm. So the, then Modern, you could Coco into infinite life on the end of your opponent's turn three. I think that's very strong. I think this card is going to go right into the, um, I forgot it last time, I forgot it this time. Devoted. Finale, yes, Devoted Druid decks. Um, I, I think this is, and at three mana. Um, I'm excited to play this in Enchantress because I can make it cheaper. Um, I was listening. Because three mana is too much for this effect. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I gain a bunch of life in that. So it's going to be really weird when, and like, my Corsair Crucifix is now, you know, gigantic, has a 12 butt. <laughs> That's fine. <clears throat> um, I thought, so I, I emphasized uh, whenever you gain life, you can put a 1 1 counter on target creature and enchantment you control. Um, 
So if you're gaining life, you can put the counters on this while it's yeah. not a creature, which is great. Um, listening to the Arena Deckless podcast, they brought up a good point about the... There's another card that I like. It's in my honorable mentions. I completely blanked on the name. It's the two and a black enchantment that when it enters, you draw three cards. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. And then every I time you cast a spell, you lose a life. <clears throat> yes, good lord. And if it becomes a target, you sacrifice it. Yes. So with that, that alone can be very good. And people were talking about being able to sacrifice it with like a Doom Foretold build. You can have this in there. And if you just gain life, you target that and you sack it, and oh well, now, you know, you have none of the negative effects, and you just drew three cards. I think that's you know, yeah, it's very weird to think of a one-one counter on an enchantment that's not going to be a creature at all. But there's been charge counters on three-three elks before, so it's nothing new. Yeah, you're right. I've, I've swung with those. <clears throat> um, I, I just think getting over that, dude. Something like <laughs> that. the wound. Got to do it. <laughs> I think something like that can make this card. It's it's one of those things where. It's it's outside of the box, but still very good. You know, I, I think that that could be something very cool to look at. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very high on this card. The card you were looking for earlier is Treacherous Blessing. Yes, Treacherous Blessing. Thank you. Um, that's two and a black enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you draw three cards. And whenever you cast a spell, you lose one life. And when it becomes the target of a spell or, to, or ability, you sacrifice it. So that, draw your three cards. Um... You gave you have a creature that has lifelink anyway, sure, because there's a bunch of those. Swing, gain a life, life yeah. Heliod trigger. You target the enchantment that when you cast spells, you lose life. Oh, that triggers. You have to sacrifice it, and you just drew three cards. And now I'll cast all three of those spells with Renata. <clears throat> exactly. Um, I think Heliod's very strong. Um, that I had his number two on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think Thassa is very good. Yeah, um, I, I have Thassa as number seven. I've seen some decks. There's a lot of steel creature cards in standard, and then obviously in pioneer as well. And that with this, it's pretty good. Yeah, because <clears throat> similar to how Restoration Angel was working back when Avacyn Restored came out, it doesn't say return to the battlefield under its owner's control. It mm-hmm. says return it under yes. your control. Yeah, I I think this card can be quite ridiculous um i i think sh- a shell kind of has to be put around it maybe um but i also just think by itself it's gonna be solid i mean and just play it with thoughts as oracle and just like if you have the two win. in play mm-hmm. you just look at the top three cards and yeah. fix your draw step the rest of the game and then win yeah. the game mm-hmm. it's it just kind of builds itself mm-hmm. for sure i think in um i think it's modern that has the deck uh, you could use it in the Soul Herder deck. Yep. Um, that seems really strong to me because it's just it's a Soul Herder effect that is indestructible. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not it's a creature or not doesn't really matter. Um, just the fact that you're able to do that and then you build up this huge Soul Herder to then tap down their three creatures and just attack them with something huge. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really, really strong. Um I agree. I had, I had thoughts on my Eternal Formats mm-hmm. uh, list at number four out of five. So, I mean, there's only five that were on the list. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's a very, very strong card. I think the effect is very strong. There's a lot of really interesting end-of-the-battlefield triggers 
that it can do lots of things with, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and e I mean, even something as simple as blinking a, like if you're in like a, just a, a blink type deck, right? Blinking something as simple as like um, the white human, the new one, Prince, Charming Charlie Prince, Prince. Mm -hmm. yep. like something like yeah. that. At the end of your turn, to whatever. If you're just needing to find the right card, you can scry two. If you're playing against the mono red deck, you could just gain life. Like those are things that are not inconsequential when you're able to do them every turn. Mm, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people were at first kind of medium on Charming Prince because of the fact that none of the abilities are standout. But when you're able to do those things every turn, mm -hmm. for no mana, for zero mana, that's mm -hmm. a lot. Like. If you're able to just essentially gain two life every turn, that adds up quite yeah. a bit, quite a bit. Um, and even scrying too is, is a thing because if you literally need one card that you have to find in order to win, that can do it pretty quickly. I mean, it, it, it triples the number of cards you look at a turn. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Speaking of scrying two, there is a cycle of cards in this set, the Omen cycle, that all have that ability on them. They do. Um, the one that I think is going to have the biggest impact, especially outside of Standard, is Omen of the Sea. Uh, it's one in a blue enchantment with flash. When it enters a battlefield, scry two, and then draw a card. Uh, and then you can pay two in a blue, sacrifice it, and scry two again. Anybody who has played Modern in the past, anybody who played Legacy, Vintage, anything like that, pioneer even you recognize that scry to draw a card that's preordained that's banned in modern for a reason correct yes <clears throat> now you also, can play it by the way i don't know if those same people preordain is also a sorcery yeah weird um this is an instant <laughs> that has relevant abilities later yes i'm playing this as a four of in pioneer blue white control 100 percent because right now I'm playing Opt. Opt is just the best instant speed cantrip in that format because you're holding up counter spells the whole time. In modern, you play yeah. it because you're holding up counter spells and, and you snapcast. Yeah, you snapcaster Opt later in the game. But without having snapcaster, you don't care about it staying in play. Right. So instead of Opt, which is just a slightly better cycle, mm -hmm. this card is insane, I think. I agree. Um, I played against a deck, which I, I, this was one that I beat, which was nice, but I was playing against a deck that was playing um, four of these in a Doom Foretold shell because they were able to find their Doom Foretolds and then they had things to sack to their Doom Foretolds. Mm -hmm. They were also playing the white version of it because it was able to get them instant speed one ones. It's kind of like a three mana raise the alarm, essentially. And then you gain two life as well. And you gain two life. Yeah. yeah. And then. <laughs> Yeah, then they just had food for their Doom Foretold so that they wouldn't really ever run out of it. And the scrying ability was essential for them because they were able to find other cheap food for this Doom Foretold. It was, and then it eventually was nice. find a Dance of the Man to do it all again. And right, you're, you're right. and sometimes I've even seen some of the Doom Foretold decks that don't even play Dance of the Man anymore because they're just like, yeah, we're just going to win with Doom Foretold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to beat you with the 2-2. Two -two. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. Um, I've done it before. I'm talking done about that again. enchantment that you mentioned, Dom, the, the black enchantment mm -hmm. um, that draws three. 
I think that goes into that deck then too. Mm-hmm. Might as well because you're able to just draw more cards. Oh, Doom Foretold Trigger. Yeah, I'll just sacrifice this thing and now cast more spells. So I almost mm-hmm. like. Yep. I think that that's a really really interesting yep. uh, concept there. Yeah, because there's been a lot of three mana black spells that just draw three or four cards. That's nice. Most of them make you lose half your life. Yeah. This doesn't, and no. I think that's very strong. Right, and it's the same reason why I thought that that. Uh, that the card Painful Truths was a strong card for black, too. Mm-hmm. It's a sa- essentially a very similar concept. Three mana, draw cards. Yeah, me, and, me and Matt have played Painful Truths in a lot of formats. Yes. <laughs> I've played it in Legacy and not I, been I know, sad about it. I know we've played it in Vintage at least once. Probably. But, yeah, um, I think that the, the Blue Omen is a very, very uh, – I think it's stronger than it looks on the surface card. And I think it's just because it says Enchantment. If it said – instant and it didn't have descry to later ability i'd still play it'd still be playable oh yeah in mm-hmm. all the formats that don't have preordain in the format well i think mm-hmm. you'd play it in modern if it was that i think oh, it, i think you played instant, it, i think you played in modern i think you could play it in modern anyways yeah especially like there's some versions of blue white in modern that don't actually run snapcaster mage mm-hmm. because that's what um, i was going to say yeah if you're not playing of, snapcaster definitely yeah a lot of the miracles builds will play like one or two snapcasters at most a lot of them will run zero mm-hmm. and if you're doing that i don't hate playing omen of the sea in that i wonder if you, i wonder if there's a way that we can put together some sort of monastery mentor list now that we actually have like a decent cantrip spell like that i think there's there because that's a big thing with mentor is literally it's just play a mentor protect the mentor and Draw play, can, play cantrips just to trigger it yeah. literally you know what i mean and this is essentially a cantrip it just says enchantment on it mm-hmm. yeah um yeah Interesting, to say the least. I think it's a much stronger card than a common. Yeah. I, um, I was very surprised when the cycle was common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's a little bit scary to me that that's a common, though, just because they are they keep banning all these in, these good cantrips in modern. You know, they ban Prudent, they ban um, Ponder. Ponder. The, yeah, they ban Faithless Looting. Now they have... One, it, oh, it's two mana, and all of those were sorceries, one mana, but it's basically preordained with an extra mana because it's an instant. Mm-hmm. That's literally all it is. It's very, very intriguing to me that they kind of mix these concepts of let's get rid of these one mana cantrips that are sorceries, which, okay, and don't get me wrong, they're all strong cards, but we're going to print another one that's kind of like it anyways, just an extra mana. <laughs> Which in some decks, like the combo decks, like the one mana is very relevant. Very relevant. And the most of the reason why uh, all the cantrips are banned in modern is because of Storm. Yes. Because like all the rituals are banned. Yep. Storm ruins everybody's fun except the person <clears throat> playing Storm. <laughs> but as somebody who enjoys playing Storm, I can't really bitch too much about that, I don't think. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. Storm's fun when you sit there and just stare at your hand for five minutes. Don't do anything. And then just go, oh, go. <laughs> Yep, I mean... Because you've done all the math in your head. You know? Right, and I, I, I think that that, like you said, Ian, I think that that is a good reason to ban those cards because if that was the best deck in the format, I think it would be a, an awful time for a lot of people. For sure. And it just wouldn't be a fun environment. Um, I think things like this, being that it is one more mana, I think that it doesn't, con- it's not conducive to playing it in a Storm deck, mm-hmm. but any other deck that needs a cantrip spell... This is like probably one of the top ones that yeah. you could play, and conveniently gets around Chalice on one. Weird, weird how that works. Yeah, that's actually real nice. I didn't even think yeah. about that. 
yeah, I've been playing a lot of Chalice lately, so it, things that get around Chalice pop into my head a lot. So we have completely named all of the cards that were on my Eternal Formats top five list. Um, it's almost like they're all good cards. Yeah, <laughs> the, we, those are all, those are done. We checked those off. Um, I have a couple left over here for for standard. Um, one that I want to talk about is Eat to Extinction. We did mention it uh, in a cast. Maybe two casts ago, something along those yeah, lines. It should be two ago. One or two ago. Um, uh, it is essentially a just a removal spell that very similar to uh, if those of you have played it, um, the Raskus Contempt. Thank you. I couldn't think of it. Um, but yeah, it it's gonna do all the things that you need to for a removal spell. Um, it's it's very strong. The plus side to it compared to Vraska's Contempt is that it is only one black mana rather than two, so it's easier to cast in multiple colored decks. Um, I I have this as number ten on my list just because I think that it's going to see a lot of play. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's strong enough for the Eternal formats, but in Standard it's going to be one of the premium removal spells. I I feel like. I think in Standard it's going to see play. The amount that it'll see standard play, I think it will see standard play, definitely. I think the amount of standard play it will see depends on how big the gods are in the meta. Because it's like the only efficient, good way. Not the only, but basically. The best way of, of efficiently getting rid of a god. Mm -hmm. Now, it does have the downside of it has to be a creature. And a lot of these decks we've talked about with the gods and some other ones that I might talk about in a minute. Um, it's the god's not usually a creature, right? A lot of times it's not. So it's, it might not be great there, but it does just kill everything. Mm -hmm. And you get to surveil one, and I think in a lot of cases, surveil one is better than gain two life. It can be in a lot of different formats, I think, yeah. in a lot of different decks. Yeah, because if you get rid of which the is going dead back card. and comparing it to Brass's Contempt for those that don't remember yeah. that card, you gain two life, whereas this one you it doesn't say surveil because it's not a keyword in this format, but look at the top card of your library you can put it in your graveyard yeah because if you if you get rid of a dead card on top of your deck you're basically getting yourself another turn so if your opponent yeah. has six power in play instead of getting two life you got rid of a turn until you found a spell yeah. so it's you're basically gaining six life in some situations absolutely so yeah that's just one that i thought was one to mention because it was uh I feel like it'll be a strong contender in the standard format, mm -hmm. specifically. Um, any others that kind of, uh, like we said, kind of along those same lines, feel be strong in the format, but maybe not a whole lot to talk about for them? So I had Perforos on my list. Okay. The God. I mean, it's basically just another sneak attack. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the old, like, Legacy, Vintage, they already have sneak attack. They don't need it. But... It could be good in modern. could be good. I know I've seen some Pioneer decks trying it. I mean, even in standard, you have Big Pig. You could play this. Uh, well, here, for those that don't know what it does, it is four and a red for a god. Indestructible. Uh, as long as your motion is less than five, it's not a creature. All your creatures have haste. And for two and a red, put a red creature... <clears throat> Excuse me, or an artifact creature from your hand onto the battlefield, sacrifice being the next end step. So you could play this in, you know, a uh, red green deck where you got some 
big dumb idiot in green and the red pig. Play the pig, attack with the pig, put in your big green idiot. Mm-hmm. It's turn six. And, and your opponent sw- dies. Then you're swinging with like 20 <laughs> to trample. Because you put, yeah, you put pig in, that puts in the two pigs, mm-hmm. the forerunners. Now they're just dead. Yeah, well, very, and, very and not only that, but um, playing Ilharg in that deck, it's another two red pips for devotion, too. Yeah. So occasionally you'll just, okay, I'll play Perforos on turn five or on turn four because you're playing green, and then attack with, or you put the Ilharg into play. Oh, Perforos is a creature. Now I guess I'll attack with that, too. Yeah, because in the, in the preceding three or four turns, you've put in two red creatures. Yeah. Right. Yeah, two other and that's, creatures. That's a lot of damage coming at once, especially like you said, if you put in um, the forerunners. Mm-hmm. Like if, if yeah. you go, okay, tap my three, put in Ilarg, and then you're like, um, oh, well, this is a thing now. It's it's a creature. Go to attack, attack, trigger the Ilarg, put the forerunners into play. That triggers, so everything gets even bigger now. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, take infinite. Are you. Do you have anything to do? No? Oh, well. No, what's great about all of that that we just said, we never said cast. Right. It's all uncounterable. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a very strong aspect of that card, I think. Um, just like sneak attack strong. Um, so long as yeah. it's able to be, um, you know, so long as you have the requisite uh, creatures to make it viable, since it does have to be a red creature or artifact. Yes. Um, then artifact, you say? I did say artifact. Oh, did you have something to say about that? Don? I do. Yeah, Go Don, ahead. Don wants to sneak attack his <clears throat> ornithopters in in modern. Nice. Yes, nice. And then um, little yeah. different. I feel like Blightsteel Colossus would be real fun with this card. Oh, um, <laughs> why is that, Don? Um, well, because it's an 11 11, make a wish, um, trample, infect, indestructible, artifact, creature, you know. With a thing that says, uh, if Blightsteel Colossus will be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal it and shuffle it back into the library. Weird. My, my wish is to never get hit by another Blightsteel. Can you make that happen, Dom? Uh, well, my wish is to always hit people with a Blightsteel. <laughs> uh, it seems we have reached an impasse. <laughs> no, so, that, seems, that seems incredibly powerful. Yeah. I, I, that's the thing, because I... We were all sitting around kind of yesterday um, spitballing ideas about this Perforos and, like, what people would bring in. And someone would always mention Eldrazi. It's like, no, it has to be red or artifact. Well, what about this? What other red cards, you know? And I think in, not obviously not in standard, but in modern, this, um, also any of the Gear Hulks. Yeah, Combustible Gear Hulk is really good with yeah. haste. Yeah, and then, like, you can oh. also just have... Cataclysmic Gear Hulk, which is very strong at times. Because um, when that enters, um, is it enchantments on there too? Which your I believe it's one be? of every permanent type. Yeah. So Perforos that could be a creature could stay as enchantment. Mm-hmm. You could have a creature that's red that's still turning on Perforos is your creature. And then your Gear Hulk could be your, your artifact. artifact. And then attack you for 15. Yeah. So could we build like a red, white, Perforos Nahiri deck then? And then we also just have Emrakul in there, not for the Perforos aspect, but just because of Nahiri? I think you just play Blightsteel anyway. Oh, you, you still play no, Blightsteel. No, like, don't even bother with Emrakul. Just well, I think as another, another entity for your Nahiri. 
Um, I, I think that that's just a, and it could also be dependent upon which Emrakul you want to play, I suppose. But yeah, I think the fifteen fifteen is. It's usually a good way to win the game. Better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that because I think that the impact that it has when it attacks is really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Blightsteel can just win, whereas Eldrazi, the big Eldrazi monster, if it if they're at more than. 15 life, they're not quite dead yet. Probably real close. But I've won through an Emrakul attack. So yeah. that's, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's one of those things. But And it's real close, but you kind of you still have a lot of work to do after that happens. Because you kind of just lost six permanents. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, that I think that could be, it, it could be like one of Emrakul, one of, mm-hmm. two of, Blightsteel Colossus kind of thing. Mm-hmm. where Very similar to like a show and tell legacy deck where you play a few of these big derpy creatures that happen to work well with other pieces of your deck. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially with this new set coming out, I think Nahiri bumps itself up a little bit in Pioneer because of the fact that there's so many enchantments that could be played, not just in an enchantress deck like you have, Dom, but just in general. Mm-hmm. There's just an uptick in the amount of them and yeah. things of that sort. My opponent yesterday had it, and that was kind of annoying. I, I bet. can imagine. Yeah. So, But, I mean... He got rid of two enchantments, but I had six more. <laughs> I literally had a pile of his cards underneath my cards in <laughs> the corner of my playmat, so that yeah. was fun. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think that Blightsteel is quite dirty when it comes to just sneaking it into attack for 11 infect. Seems mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. kind of a, like a lot yeah. to me. And the, the thing is, by the way, for those keeping track at home, you only need ten poison counters, <laughs> and you win the game. Yeah, it's it's weird that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, there's a lot there's a lot to look at in terms of. Uh, it kind of makes me think of like Karn the Great Creator, right? You see, you have Karn the Great Creator, and now that Michaelson's Lattice is banned, you kind of have to take a look at it and see what other artifacts can make a big enough impact on a game that. I would be able to then do that. I think Ian's thinking about putting Blightsteel. You're going to make me buy a Blightsteel, aren't you? To his Carnegie <laughs> um, which in a Tron deck doesn't seem all that awful, anyways. Um, well, I did see a I did see a 5-0 list on Moto in their Great Creator sideboard. They were playing a Sundering Titan, so I'm about to go buy one That's tomorrow. That's fair too. That's reasonable. <laughs> fair. Um, but yeah, I think that it it makes you look through all the cards that are viable in whatever format you're looking to play Perforos in, and say, okay. What can make the biggest impact when I can put this into play? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that that's what's kind of cool about those kind of cards. Mm-hmm. Um, is it going to fit in every deck that plays red? No, not at all. Oh. But I think that it has potential to really be very, very powerful when you can just add it with some other random red or artifact creature that has a big impact also. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even as something as sim- simple as like a worm coil engine, because it sacrifices it in a turn, and when it dies... You get yeah. the, you get the three threes. You still <laughs> so, have six six out there, <laughs> right? Um, so I don't, like that's not even if that's worst case scenario because of how you build your deck, you're still in a good shape, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely think Perforos has has some potential. Um, it just takes some deck building constraints, mm. but I don't think that's awful. So painter, see the painter servant changes the colors, which means it works the way you want it. World to. spine worm would be red. Yes. Okay. Yes. We got some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're correct. 
we got a lot of things to do with Painter Servant. <clears throat> we really we? do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still got to do that Torbrand walking ballista Painter Servant deck. <laughs> I really want to see that happen. <laughs> well, Mike said happen. if we build the deck, he'll play it. I know. So we just have to build the deck. Oh, it doesn't even have to be good? No. He oh, said, sweet. He just wanted to play Painter Servant Modern. That's what he said. But okay. Yeah. See, Dom's got a card up on his phone that I've already died to four times in Modern this last couple days. Um, well, that card is Dryad of the Elysian Grove. Uh, two and a green. Enchantment creature. It is a nymph. <clears throat> you may play an additional land on each of your turns, and lands you control are every basic land type in addition to their other types. It's also a 2-4. Um, yeah, so we talked about them already giving like, blue-green more ramp stuff. You can draw them all these cards, you know. And then there's also this. But this in modern, I think, this was um, this was kind of up there on my list. People have been talking about this in the Valakut decks. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm not excited about that. Mm-mm. Yeah, because it used to be if you were playing a uh, Primeval Titan deck, you chose between playing Valakut or playing Field of the Dead or playing Amulet. Now you just jam it all in one package. Yep. Uh, I had an opponent on turn one. They played an amulet. Turn two, they played a bounce land, untapped it, played an Azusa, played two more lands, played a Dryad. Um, so they had another land drop, put another land into play. Sure, whatever. Turn three, Titan, haste, attack, get two val or get two Valakids. And I died. Yeah. Funnily enough. Weird. Um, especially since my board state was Urza's Tower, Urza's Mine Expedition Map. And I was looking at all these seven drops and ten drops in my hand that I was going to get ready to cast. And then we went to sideboarding. Interesting. The worst timing. Yeah, I'm not playing Tron online for a while. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a bad choice, probably. <laughs> if that's happening. <laughs> it's happening a lot. I played against <laughs> In one league, I played against that deck three times. Yeah, that's yeah. It's, there's been a lot of chatter on Twitter about it. Um, I think this is a strong card. I mean, I, I feel like they took two older cards and smacked them together, put it on a like a body, and it's a good body too. Yeah, yeah a two, a like two a four. two four. It's like Corsair Krupik. This is insane, man. Like, oh, yeah. this card. This card's real good. I I don't like playing against Valakut decks. Um, and I know it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's it, it's but I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, hey, if, if I'm playing Ox and dredging my butt off, that's fine. Yeah, we'll, they, we'll they yeah, play. Make it happen. Yeah, they play a Titan on turn three. Well, they're already dead. Yeah, so. it's that could work for me. But it, those I can see those being stressful here soon. Um, I definitely know I want to pick one up for Pioneer Enchantress because why not? Um, Sounds about right. Yeah, I think this is a very strong card, and I think it's going to be played kind of all over the place. So. I agree. I agree. Um, a couple cards that I had on my list for standard um, are the two main uh, main characters that we've heard of before in terms of the uh, Planeswalkers, both Elspeth and Ashiok. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Elspeth... Uh, a lot of people I've heard are seeing that the mana cost is too white. White have compa- a lot of people have compared it to Gideon Allah Zedekar. 
um, in a sense that it comes down and it can make bodies. Um, I think that it's it can be considered very similar to a Gideon, um, but I think that it is likely better in more, even though we often think Planeswalkers are good in kind of like mid-rangey, grindier games, I feel like this is going to be a little bit better in the more aggressive decks. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting part of it is it has no pluses. Um, which is kind of interesting to me. Um, but it has the ability to come back, mm-hmm. which yeah. is, I think, a big aspect of it. Um, we, are, we all talk about how the Phoenixes, when they come back, it's that recurrent thing that you continually have to get rid of. Um, with Elspeth, it's a Planeswalker. That's, planeswalkers are already a little bit more difficult to deal with than creatures. Especially the third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth times. Yeah, yeah. that's the biggest part, is that they're gonna, it's going to come back. Um, if they cast it once and they have any sort of board state, it will get it will have its second day in the sun, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, and I think that that's interesting. It's an interesting style of card. I think. Um, I don't know how good it'll be, but I feel like it'll have an impact. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think what you're going to do is play it on turn four, use it obviously, and then you get to turn six, and whichever of those three abilities kills it, do it. And then play it again, and you can do it again. Right. I agree. Um, I think that it, it is going to have an impact in the standard one way or the other. Um, it may mean that people – it could be – I mean, there's a lot of cards that have escape. So I think that being able to control your opponent's graveyard, it's going to be a thing yeah. mm-hmm. um, to some degree, which kind of goes back to the intervention. Uh, also goes to a card that I don't have on my standard list, but one that I have for Eternal Formats, which is the Soul Guide Lantern. Um, I think those will be important sideboard cards uh, in this format when you run up against decks that are playing things that are escaping all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, something I, th- I was thinking about with Elspeth. So when your opponent has a Planeswalker, you always have to think, do I devote the resources to the Planeswalker or do I just try to kill them before it has enough of an effect? And then when you're playing with it, do I protect it? Do I, do I chump block to protect it or not? I think Elspeth's going to have that weird game of your opponent's going to sit there, look at it, and go, well, I'm not even going to bother trying to kill it because they can just bring it back. And you're trying to kill it anyway. And right. now that saves you from having to waste resources, chump blocking to keep it alive. Maybe even if it is just for one more turn to get one more effect out of it before you escape it. So I think it's that, that escape clause is going to cause a lot of, you know, head game, bluff, double bluff, whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. with that. I think it's going to be real interesting to see what happens. I think the problem is, I don't know if there's a deck for it. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's a power, obviously it's not as powerful as like Oko where you just jam it into everything. I think the deck that may actually want to play it is a Pioneer deck. Um, kind of that goes basically off of the same kind of uh, semblance of cards that pl- that were in the mono white venerated loxodon deck mm-hmm. because if you can turn yeah. for this make two dudes play your loxodon put counters on those two dudes that's real strong yeah yeah, yeah. that's real strong um so i feel like that could be where it it, it fits in quite easily mm-hmm. um to a deck like that that's just trying to go wide um but yeah i uh, in standard i don't know i'm sure there'll be something that comes up because it's, it's a planeswalker and it's not a bad planeswalker. Yeah. It makes guys. So you get value, like Dom was talking about with creatures that come in and make an impact when they come in. This does that kind of thing. 
right? It comes down and it makes bodies. Whether those bodies are huge or little, it makes bodies. Somebody's going to try to do something with it. It should be interesting to see how good it is. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, so the other Planeswalker, which I'm just, I like a lot because it's blue and black and I've played its predecessor, um, is Ashiok. And there hasn't been an Ashiok that me and Matt haven't tried to play in a main deck. Right. So All day. Um, so this one is three blue-black for Ashiok Nightmare Muse. Uh, comes in with five loyalty. You can plus one to create a two, three blue and black nightmare creature token with whenever this creature attacks or blocks, each opponent exiles the top two cards of their library. It has a minus three return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Then that player exiles a card from their hand. And then minus seven, which is like its ultimate, uh, you may cast up to three face-up cards from your opponent's, that your opponent owns from exile without paying their mana cost. So being able to just get three free spells is strong. Especially since it doesn't care how they got exiled. Right. It's just that are in exile, where the other Ashiok cared. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I think that it's just very interesting because the 2-3 the that it creates on the plus, it's interesting because this is it, it almost has two ways of protecting itself. We always look at a Planeswalker and say, can it come down and protect itself the first turn it comes down? It almost has two ways of doing that. One, returning something to their hand or putting out a blocker. Mm -hmm. um, One's a plus, which is not negligible also. Um, and so it, to me, it's, it's just an interesting card, uh, primarily for standard, just because I think the mana cost is high to play in other formats. It could maybe see playing Pioneer if there becomes some sort of Blue Black or Esper hmm. control deck, yeah. or Grixis maybe. Um, but yeah, I think that both of them are just interesting. Um, I also like how this one just combos with the other Ashiok in standard right now. Because um, Ashiok Dream Render exiles your opponent's graveyard after milling them for four. Mm -hmm. If you're just hitting random cards off their deck, you're bound to hit something good. Yeah, and then you just ultimate this after yeah. making two two threes. Um, and and yeah, I think that that that's a one you play on turn three, turn four you can just sit there and have c counter spells or removal spells. Yeah. Turn five you get to start doing this one too. Well, and this this is in black, so you got what we talked about earlier. You got eco extinction. Yeah, so you have plenty I'll of... I'll exile your god and then cast it for free. Yeah. <laughs> I'll exile that big scary one that was about to kill me. Yeah. Now that big scary one's about to kill you. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's a lot of play with these. Um, I don't know. Uh, I just think they're interesting. I don't know how good they'll be, but I mm -hmm. think they're interesting at mm -hmm. least. And I'm uh, kind of like I said in the past, uh, cards that I find to be interesting, I think, are the ones that I'll try. Yeah. They may be They may be bad. Um, but I think, especially with new cards, they're they're worth giving a shot when you think that they're interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think people are just spoiled too right now because a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, these planeswalkers are too overcosted. They like, they, they don't do so enough not three for their mana. mana." Yeah, they're not yeah. three mana. Cool. You've been spoiled the last six months. Get over it. Right. We used to play five, six, seven drop planeswalkers in standard. It. We were happy. <laughs> Did you Up also? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> beat me to it. Um, I played rare planeswalkers before they were mythics. Right, right, right. Get the good old Jace Balaren. Uh, I'm the that's oldest person in the room. I'm rolling my eyes at the grumpy old man who <laughs> is the youngest person in the room. Hi. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that pretty much takes up my list of uh, stuff for standard. Um, 
Anybody have any other cards that they want to kind of just chat about? I do have one more that I wanted to bring up, and that's Underworld Dreams. Three black, burn enchantment. Whenever an opponent draws a card, Underworld Dreams deals one damage to that player. I think it's just a great sideboard for playing against control. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think that you can turn three, slam that, and go, have fun catripping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very strong card. Yeah. And then another one that I was very happy to see was uh, Kunaros Hound of Athreos. Yeah. Uh, it's a three mana, three, three. Um, but it also has a Graph Digger's Cage stapled to it, mm-hmm. which is very relevant in this format. Yeah. You and then all the keywords. Well, yeah, it also just happens to have Vigilant, Lifelink, and Menace. Anything that has three heads gets three keywords now. Yeah, Questing Beasts. Questing Beasts like, and this. Yeah. That's pretty much how it works. It's, ooh, I want to play three-headed tribal. Oh, God. <laughs> Hydras, but you you personally can only do X's three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. This sounds like fun. Sounds like a like very... A stipulation. <clears throat> it sounds yeah. like a terrible commander deck. Uh, this sounds like a terrible FNM deck. <laughs> I've played those before. Fun, I've though. played Triskaidekaphobia. Me too. Yeah. I've won with Triskaidekaphobia. <laughs> I had my opponent sign it. Um... So for me, I think a big one. It's it is a reprint, but I think this is huge. Um, Idyllic Tutor. When that was spoiled, I thought I thought it was a joke at first. Um, the card was close to forty dollars. Um, I think this reprint's huge already. Uh, just I mean I don't really play Commander, but for Commander, um, and obviously in, Enchantress, because you know now I can buy a playset for what it almost cost for one. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's cool to see that they're doing that. I feel like this lets us think that, at least think and hope that they can reprint some of these older cards that are getting to that expensive price point. Um, I don't know. They, they're doing in the Theros promo packs. They're reprinting some of the commander commander cards, commander-esque Stuff that's at least played there, like Sword of Amethyst and such. Um, there's some other cards, too. I, I don't have the list in front of me. But I, I think that is something that's good for everyone. Because we can get priced, you can get priced out of decks. You know, it's, it's hard to switch from a deck to, you know, to a different one at times. Um, but I, I think seeing that, it, I like the card. And it also kind of gives me hope that this can be something new that hope not new but something hopefully that continues yeah like they're so. still giving some thought to the secondary market even though they have no obligation to yeah exactly 100 percent. so that that was that was good for me so cool well i think that is going to wrap us up sorry that this uh kind of dragged on for longer than we expected but we kind of also expected that it would drag on long just not this long um, kind of a lot to talk about. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think we have more, but I think that we hit on all the, the big points, the big cards, uh, the, the cards that will make an appearance um, in not just one, but multiple formats. Um, so I think that's going to do it for us today in terms of our recap of this Theros Beyond Death set that I believe releases Friday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, uh, thank you for stopping by and listening to the last hour and some odd amount of time, almost two hours. 
Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter. Um, all of our Twitter handles will be listed in the show notes. Um, we will also go ahead and tweet our uh, our own uh, top card lists uh, so that you can check those out there as well. Um, feel free to stop by any of the podcast listening apps that you so choose and you will probably find us there. Um, also feel free if you, uh, get the chance to drop us a message, um, through the link that's provided in the show notes as well. Uh, and if, if it's a question or just a comment or something that you want us to talk about, Card uh, we missed from the new set. Yep. Anything like that. We can go ahead and have that, um, in our next cast and we can kind of, uh, use some listener input that way. Um, but from us here, uh, hope you all have a good week and we will be in your ears next week. Have a good one. See you. See you.